Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell, and Tyler over on the boards, and we're in the middle of December, y'all. <laughs> what I call the middle. It's Christmas, not. I guess, Christmas is almost here, yeah. It is. This is. We've got one more podcast scheduled to go after this one, and then, then that's a wrap for 23. Six seasons. Six that come seasons of podcasting. Can you believe it? <laughs> I guarantee you, this is going to be the, we're going to have the best of episode too. So Tyler, will put that together. Yes, sir. Usually we try to make that go live around like December 31st. So oh, yeah, that's a nice, like a new year's podcast to squeeze in there yeah. where I don't have to talk. It's just like <laughs> clips of a song. Um, Who so, would want to watch that? So we've got oh. a contest going over in the community. What is your shirt? Ain't no laws when you're Santa Claus. Is that what that says? I just noticed it. We drink with the claws. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Heck, that's I want to talk. Hey, we're going to get into some holiday drinks today. That was on my list. It's of, a holiday cooking special. Yeah, holiday cooking extravaganza special. <laughs> um, So anyway, we're doing a, a contest over in the community where you post the picture of your favorite holiday recipe. Have you looked through them and, and I have not. all of them? I have not. I need to. There's a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. There. There's some photos that are a little like, I wouldn't eat that, but most <laughs> well, of really? them. <laughs> What's one that you would not, absolutely not, would not eat? I, I don't remember. Did somebody, did you see the pie? I don't know if it's in our community, but I've been seeing it circled around. It's like a gelatin pie with like cheese, shredded cheese and like hot dogs or something in it. Oh, it looks disgusting. <laughs> somebody has to be doing that for a joke, right? Oh, yeah. Not no, serious. Not, yeah. Nobody's making that. I'm not going to call any names out, but like in that. Follow me for more recipes. That's one of the. (laughs) (laughs) In the comments of that post, there's like something that looks like chicken jerky in there. And I don't think it's chicken jerky. I don't know what it is, but that's my dog treat. Kind of. Like I've got some chicken dog treats in there. It's like dehydrated. (laughs) I don't know what it is. We get them at Sam's with a bag. The dogs love them. (laughs) When you first open the bag, it kind of has that uh, fried chicken smell, you know, like old fried chicken. Smells like super low. No, no, I haven't. I've not tried. You haven't been tempted. No, I'm going to try this. (laughs) I'm sure it's probably instant salmonella. Can dogs get salmonella? I don't think so. Smells like super low when you open it. I got you. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly what it smells like, Tyler. It smells just like when you walk in the door at super low. They got some good fried chicken. When they need to change the grease. Yeah. <laughs> they used to have really they used to have really good fried chicken. I don't know if they still do or not, but when they're cooking it fresh, man, it smells dang good. So let me tell you what some of the best that I saw on the contest or some of the most unique. Okay. Holiday dishes. There was a sm- uh, a couple of smoke racks of pork. Ooh. Which you're a big fan of. Yes. Like you're talking about bone in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bone in. And it's on my, that was on my things to talk about today. Some of them are French and some of them weren't French. The ones that were French looked really good. You get the appearance on those, but you know what? Leaving all that meat and stuff on that bone. You're right. Oh, I like gnawing on it. You're I'm right. a bone. I'll, I'll gnaw on a, a ribeye bone, a pork bone. T-bone, it don't matter. Y'all been cooking those por- bone-in pork chops on the Bevo? Is that Brevo. Brevo. Mm-hmm. And then you'll bring them in, you'll cut them up, 
And my favorite part is the meat What's around the bone. The bone? <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? When it gets charred over fire. I'll just get a couple of them bones. Did we talk about that last week? Yeah, Try, yeah. Man, that was, we did it again this this past week. I had the Barbecue Ninja come in town, and he brought uh, Matt from uh, Victorinox with him, and they hung out at camp, and we hunted a little bit, and we cooked some more stuff on the Brio. Y'all cooked all kinds of stuff. Oh, we made a top five meal. Like, you know, we 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 have epic meals at deer camp, and we put one of them. It was like, this is automatic top five. It was like turnip greens my mom had gave me. We did, uh, Ninja did some Ninja foodie. I've got one of those Ninja foodie pressure cookers there. The Ninja cooked on the Ninja. The Ninja cooked on the Ninja, <laughs> and he said, have y'all ever had pressure cooker beans? And it's like pinto beans. But we Were put, they dry? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about dry beans in a bag yeah. to perfectly cooked, ready to go in like hour, 15 minutes. Thick, juicy, tender. We put a bunch of, because I cooked some of those Christmas hams we're going to yeah. talk about, and I put some of that ham ham in there, and we cut up some, Matt brought some Koneka sausage, the holiday blend Koneka sausage, which I cheated on my country pleasing folks because he brought it. I didn't buy it. <laughs> I ate it, but it was dang good in them beans. And then we did a rack of those a bone-in larded pork loin cut up into thick chops and did them over the open fire. Man. And then Mark even, uh, yeah, I made, I made two cakes, two pounds of cornbread. What's a pound? I don't know. That's what they call <laughs> cornbread. I've always wondered that. I've heard my mom and granny say it. It's a cornbread pound. I don't know what it comes from. I always call it a cake. Yeah. Corn, cake of cornbread. Yeah. But then and Mark whipped up some uh, mashed potatoes and Ninja made some gravy. So we we had a meal. I mean, it was, and then a bunch of folks just stopped by that was hunting in the area and come on, you know, Did some of my buddies. Yeah, they all ate. I mean, it was <laughs> it blow was, them away too. Oh yeah, never had nothing like it. They didn't even come to eat. It's like we were fixing to eat, and they was like, "Oh, we came at the right time." And then they were like, "Well, we ain't gonna." Stay. And then they all ate. They were making. So I don't know who made it. Ninja probably did it first, but he's like, "I'm gonna show y'all something better in KFC bowl." He put some cornbread in the bowl, put beans over it, put the greens in there, put some of that pork that was cut up in there, and then put some mashed potatoes and gravy. One big bowl. And I didn't try it like that, but it looked delicious. And everybody had to make bowls like that afterward. It was it was I don't like doing that. I like them yeah. to be separated and compartmentalized. That's, that's kind of the way I did. Yeah. I just got some greens and beans and meat. I did eat a piece of cornbread. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> I don't think a piece of cornbread is going to kill you out. No, no, not at all. <laughs> kill me, I promise you. <laughs> so uh, back to the list, I saw several people do Christmas brisket. I had that on my list too. A Christmas that's something different. Christmas We've brisket. Never I've done, done it. you know I've done a recipe for Easter brisket. Yeah, I've cooked you know because your family loves brisket. Yeah, so I'll I'll usually do something different, and so that's when I would spend the money. Call Kevin down at the butcher shop, order up one of them Wagyu briskets. It don't have to be the comp one. I mean, he has some. They're, they're a little bit less expensive. They're still expensive, but they're less expensive because it didn't like comp grade. Yeah. You know, because he's looking for uniformity on those. And this, you know, the flat might be a little thin on one side. But if you're cooking it at home for Christmas, it's perfectly fine. And it is some of the finest brisket you'll ever eat. And I feel like for Christmas dinner, yeah. it's all right to splurge a little bit. It is. And you don't have wagon. to, I mean, if you want to do it, Barbecue style, you can. I would I would absolutely not glaze it with the barbecue sauce. Yeah, keep it. That would, Easter yeah. brisket Easter brisket recipe you have would be perfect because oh, yeah. it gives you those 
I don't want to say pot roast flavors. It's not really pot roasted, but it's not. It's more it's, dinner appropriate yeah, than barbecue. Yeah. It's yeah. not. You don't think barbecue yeah. when you eat it like that, even though it is smoked meat. You just think. It's, it's mm. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. goes good with uh, mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. Oh, it does. It does. The au jus. That's, that's, see, that's control. the different thing on that to me is when you wrap that brisket or you cook it in a pan and you put your other, you know, you put onions in it. You could put mushrooms in it. You're really making a yeah. really good au jus. You can put the red wine in there and you can make it towards a little fancier brisket than just your typical, let's wrap it up in some butcher paper or and make a Texas crust or let's cook it to where we're going to do it for a comp. It's just different. And it's the best eating brisket. It really is. That's yeah. what I call a Christmas brisket or an Easter brisket, whatever holiday you want to call it. Yeah. It's all the same recipe. Yeah, it, could be Father, <laughs> it could be Father's Day brisket. <laughs> Special occasion brisket. Let's That's, call it that. Yeah. Special holiday brisket. I saw lots of smoked prime rib, which is kind of a given. That's the number one thing yeah. I was going to say. Like when I think of Christmas and I'm thinking of doing a big meat your showpiece, centerpiece, whatever, yeah. carving piece of meat, prime rib is the ultimate. And it's easy to cook. It's so easy. How do you and cook it, prime rib? I mean, there's two ways. You can smoke it or you can traditionally do it in the oven. Um, I would say probably more people probably do it in the oven around the holidays so just because not everybody smokes. I don't know why they should. <laughs> but uh, everybody, you know, it's, it's so easy to do it on the, on a pit. You season it up the same way. You can, you know, there's kind of, I mainly do them low and slow just because I like the way that it turns out. When um, you say low and slow, what are you talking, 250? Yeah, two, you know, 235, 250, okay, something like so that. Low, you do it. Yeah, yeah. And let's let it take its time because you're just trying to get that meat. The The lower you keep that temperature, the less, the the more even it's going to look cooked across. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You're not going to be hammering it with heat on the outside. So you get that gray band and then it goes to the rareness that you want, but um, if you'll cook it, you know, at an even temperature, like, you know, 250 or a little less, that's, that's perfect. And just let it go until it gets there. And depending on how big of a, how many bone prime rib you're doing, or if you cook a boneless one, that's fine. I've done those many a times. Um, I've cut the bones off and then seasoned it and then tied them back on and cooked it just to get some of that bone flavor. You've cut, cut them off uh, and uh, then cooked the prime rib and then and the, the bones separate. Bone separate. And then eat those bones. <laughs> that was like, yeah. Our you don't serve those. Yeah. Those, are, those are for us. <laughs> All that goodness. And really, the, but, the hardest thing with prime rib, or I guess the only thing you got to worry about, is you need a good thermometer to monitor. Yes, it. absolutely. Because you do not want to overcook some prime rib. And, and keeping it. Rest. So, yeah, and keeping it low like that helps it cook end to end, even too. So, you're not going to yeah. have that first end piece of it well done and in the middle. Some people might like it like that. Yeah, because you Where they got some different options yeah. and they got some people that want it, you know, more on the done side. I'm. I'm medium rare all the way. If I could nail one from tip to tip, corner to corner, side to side, medium <laughs> rare all the way, that's per perfection to me. And you know, you remember the, um, when I started doing two probes, it, it kind of changed the, it, it made it turn out so much better because I kind of got a meet, uh, a happy medium in between those two probes. Cause I would put a probe on kind of the one end and then kind of a probe on the other end and kind of watch them. And it never fails that one side wants to say it's done before it, before it, it really is. So are you, are you constantly rotating? I didn't. Normally I don't, but it started me rotating it yeah. because I could tell in my grill. And I'm cooking these on a pellet grill. Usually around the holidays, I'm not firing up the big smoker. 
I'm running outside because it's cold. I'm throwing something on, and we've got a thousand other things going on, getting ready for company. So I just want to put it. I just want to get some good heat and low smoke on it, and not it's not overly smoked or anything because it's on a pellet pit. And that's so, another reason if you're yeah. cooking on a pellet to cook it lower. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get some smoke flavor, but it's not going to be too much. But I did notice that one end, or you know, that they would cook different at different rates. And so what I always did was pull it. Like I had one probe in, as soon as that probe went off, I might verify it and I'm taking it off and resting it. Well, having two probes in there, and that's it might be overkill, some people might say. But it let me watch it. And so I would know, like if this end is say 128, but I'm still 120 on this end, I need to rotate or I need to even it out during the cook. I need to I need to make it to where try to slow it down to where both sides are cooking at the same rate. So it let me pay more attention to what my pit's doing and what that meat's doing while it's on the pit. And it made it turn out so much better. You can nail it every single time. There's no guessing when you do that. And it allows you to know beforehand so you can actually make adjustments. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Before it's too late. But But, you nailed something too. The rest. You said take it off and let that dude rest. Well, I've noticed the ones that we let rest at least two hours. And this goes for beef loin, the prime rib. What's that other one you cut? It's kind of like a prime rib, strip loin roast. Strip loin roast, yeah, 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 whole strip. Yeah, if we let them actually rest for two hours, they, it, it becomes like that pretty pink color even all, all the, the way, way through. Yep. If you cut it a little sooner than that, it's going to be the brown. You're going to get that gray. Dark band. brown, yeah, gray. Yeah, yep. And then it's not as red and pretty. Plus you capture a little more jus doing that yeah. because those juices kind of leach out a little and you, you keep them in a pan or in a roasting pan or even a simple aluminum pan and wrap them up in full good to where you can hold that juice and not lose it. And that stuff is money running it back through it. That's my favorite. Put it so. Because prime rib can be a little bland on the inside, you know. Yeah. You need a little juice to run it. There. What do you got to have to go with your prime rib? I'm going to give you a hint. A Look to your left. <laughs> Blue blaze mayonnaise. <laughs> Blue plate mayonnaise. Yeah, but as... A horseradish, a creamy, creamy horseradish, horseradish mayo. I love that stuff. It's so good. You start, you, so we buy blue plate mayo. If you all know, beef, we got. If you're doing beef, write this recipe down. Write this recipe down. We start with blue plate mayo, and usually I go with about depending on how much you want to make, but usually it's about a cup. And then we buy the squeezy creamy horseradish. Because it's got it, ha- and, and, and there's several brands. They do have some mayo in it. Blue Plate doesn't have a creamy horseradish. Mm-hmm. I'd buy it, but I don't know. I don't remember which. So, sometimes I buy the store brand. I bought the little fancy one with the blue and red label. I bought the Craft, whatever they have. The cream, and usually I go with the whole bottle of that because it's only like a sixteen ounce bottle it, or squeezy uh, bo- eighteen ounce bottle. It's way less than that. Twelve ounce. It's it's a small bottle. Yeah, it's like ten or twelve ounce. Yeah. So that whole bottle goes in, the blue plate goes in, and then I buy the little jar of prepared horseradish to give it some natural I've never had real horseradish like from the root that you grate. Oh, it's about I, a nine ounce bottle. The oh, creamy horseradish. Okay. So that's all it is. Nine ounce. So it's a little over a cup. So you're about even even. And then and then I go with you can't get a tablespoon down in that little prepared horseradish jar. So it's usually like two heaping teaspoons is what I go. And then I add a few dashes of the hot sauce, some cranks of some cracked black pepper. And that, and I usually adjust it for salt. Um, it's going to need a pinch, but it don't need a lot. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. You whip that up. And, and you, then you taste it. And then you just decide, oh, I want more horseradish. Yeah. Or, oh, well, how hot do you hot want sauce. it? Yeah. Yep. 
and he's touch of salt. And it goes so good with that with that smoked beef. So good. And once people try it, they'll just start sh- yeah. <laughs> spooning you know, it on their plate. I even eat it on the pork when I do the pork loin, too. It's good on it. But that says holidays to me when I've got that prime rib and I've got that horseradish sauce and I've got some rolls to go with yes. it. You can have your potatoes and all that stuff. I'll I don't need that. potatoes, too. I want, <laughs> you can I want, give me your I want the cootery board and I want the meat. <laughs> <laughs> so I did say somebody did a pickled deviled egg. I thought that was unique. Tell me about that. Uh, it was just a photo, but they oh. pickled the egg and then turned it into a deviled egg. Hold on. It, that's kind of interesting, right? Was it the red pickled eggs? Like get in yeah. the big jar at the they bake were, shop? It was tinted. It had a tinted cover yeah. on the outside. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you could use the pickled yolk. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to boil some eggs for, your, for the yolk part because that wouldn't work. It's just not going to get creamy. I wouldn't think. I, I don't but know, a pickled but... egg and a gold top with hot sauce <laughs> and some black pepper. Good. I can't imagine what the deviled egg version would be like. Get a little blue plate, mix it in with your yeah. yolks. That might be going on my next country charcuterie charcuterie board. That's a good idea. That's a charcuterie board deviled egg. Yes. Sure. Because we can put the Big Mama sausages on there. You ever had the Big Mama? <laughs> the pickled sausages? Yeah. I don't think I ever have. What duck, does it taste that's like? It's a duck blind special. <sighs> Is it good? That that tells me all I need yes to know. Yes and no. At the moment, like we're sitting here right now, we bust out Big Mamas or Hot Mamas or whichever one. They got Spicy Mamas. They got all the Mamas in the pickled sausage. We had one right now. You would probably say, this is disgusting. Why would you eat something like this? But when you're freezing in a duck blind and you pull that out of the bag, and you after you done, it's pretty dang good. I bet it goes good with beer. Yeah, we usually don't have beer in the duck blind. You might have a nip. But you ain't gonna yeah, have a yeah. cold beer. You don't want you don't want it cold. But yeah, that that's that one's interesting. I kind of want to explore that recipe the a little big, bit. The pickled deviled egg. Oh, the you, pickled you deviled got my egg, not the big mamas. So we have the quail eggs here in the shop. Yeah, we could make a version of and they're pickled quail deviled eggs. pickled quail eggs, and you just cook some regular eggs for the yolk to make your. You wouldn't need as much either. Yeah, no, you wouldn't need as much at all. They're little bitty eggs. Yeah, we're gonna okay. try that. There was a smoked peach pecan cinnamon roll that looked really good. So it was very similar to like how we do our, you know, sticky mm -hmm. Christmas buns, but they added peaches to it. So to me, that's a Christmas morning staple. Some sort of sticky buns. Sticky buns. And and so do they like put uh, real peaches or, or you don't get the recipe. You just saw the picture. It's just a picture. I could see that being good because Mm -hmm. what makes that good is you put it like in a carrot. It's butter and brown sugar and pecans, usually, in the bottom of an iron skillet. And you take the big old grand cinnamon rolls that you whoop open, and you put them in there, and you bake them, and you flip it over. So why couldn't you put a fruit filling, like yeah, peaches, apples, anything. anything like that in that brown sugar? It's almost like making a little cobbler in the bottom, but you don't, you know, and it sits on top of the rolls. I bet that would be really, really good. If you've ne- if you've uh, done canned cinnamon rolls and said these are kind of dry and blah. Add a stick of butter, cup of brown cup sugar. Of brown sugar. <laughs> that pretty much makes a caramel. Yeah, in the oven while it's baking, and you put some like crushed pecans, or you could. I guess you could. Eh, pecans is what I'd go with. You could do any. I mean, you really could do anything. Yeah, I just don't think peanuts or mm. almonds or anything are they going to do it. Mm. Pecans just kind of make it. But they are really, really good. 
I saw some people do. If you want to take it a step further, unroll them cinnamon rolls, put you a strip of bacon in there, roll them back up, and then do all that other stuff to it. I'm not that crazy about it because the bacon's kind of too I'll, chewy. See, I don't mind it. it. I, I just like that smoky meat flavor. Yeah, it does have that. I saw a lot of people doing um, pork belly burn-ins for Christmas. Yeah, that's a good pork belly's a good one to yeah. do too. It's an indulgent, rich. Yeah, you know that would be that would be a good idea. Somebody did pastrami beef ribs. They looked really good. You know, I've never had those. There was a, I was wondering if we'd ever cooked those. No, that uh, restaurant that we went to that I really loved in Arizona. What was it, Little Miss Barbecue? Mm-hmm. They had them one day a week, and it wasn't the day we were out there, and when we were in Arizona. And I wanted to. That was one reason why I wanted to go back to get a pastrami beef rib. They only do them on like Tuesdays, yeah, Tuesdays or some it's some obscure day, you know, or something like that. But I've I've always had that in my mind to do it because you'd have to. So you know, I've taken a brisket and corned yeah. it, and then rinse it, and then season it with the pastrami seasoning, and then smoke it. That's all you're doing. So you're gonna do the same thing. So you kind of those plate it. ribs. It's not a cure as much as it is a brine. Okay. So you brine it. Yeah. And it takes days to get it. You know, you're corning it, basically. And then you rinse it because it's salty. You want to get some of that off of it. And then you season it and smoke it. Otherwise, I mean, for like corned beef, I think they just pretty much pressure cook it. What's the difference between corning and brining? I don't know. <laughs> I just know they call it that. I mean, I don't know if they say, let's corn something, <laughs> you know, but it's a brine. It's a salty solution that goes in. That's good. I mean, it has other seasonings and stuff, but it's basically a brine. Okay. And I don't think it has any sugar. Like, it might have a little. I don't, I don't remember. It's been so long since I've done that to a brisket. It's a process. So there was one dish that was really pretty, and it it's like a breakfast dish. I can't pronounce it, so I got to get the pronunciation. But basically, it's poached eggs in like a tomato-y sauce. I've seen it called eggs in purgatory. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So it's shakshuka is the (laughs) traditional word. But it was, it looked like a really good breakfast dish. It had like, you know, a little pop of green on top. Hadn't you seen it called eggs in purgatory, though? That would be easier to pronounce, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shakshuka. <laughs> I saw a lot of um I saw a couple lobster tails, some shrimp, some surf and turf. I thought about that when you told me we were gonna talk about holiday food today and how a lot of a lot of a lot of people well, I say a lot of people, some people eats a lot of seafood mm-hmm. during Christmas. Because you know, I've heard of that feast of the seven fishes and stuff. That was never a tradition in my family mm-hmm. to eat seafood during Christmas. Now, I don't know. You go down south, they're eating oysters this yeah. time of year. And you know, we've seen some movies and things where they talk about Christmas oysters and things like that. And and so I kind of did a little bit of research or think looking into it why what the reason was. And uh, in the south, it was because it was finally cold enough to transport stuff from the coast. You didn't have FedEx back yeah. then. You couldn't overnight something. So you couldn't eat oysters when in the when it was warm because the seafood would not make it. Is that why they say don't eat oysters in months that end with why? Uh, that's more of a, I've always heard that's a bacteria thing growing in them. Okay. It's not ends and why, it's that months that don't have R's in them. Okay. What's the ends and why? Uh, I never heard that. <laughs> I don't think you made that up. <laughs> that's times you'd want to eat them. Well, not July, but 
But the, but the reason being, I think, because it's the water's warmer and it's more prone for some kind of bacteria to grow that could be in those. So you wait till them are moss to eat your raw oysters. I've always been told that. I've ate many oyster in, in midsummer. <laughs> Gambled, throw them dice. Um, beef Wellington, several Beef Wellingtons. We've never done one of those. I don't know if I've ever had Beef Wellington. I can't think. I mean, who, it reminds me of Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, when I think of it, I think of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. That's what he always made the, yelled at them donkeys to cook. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's true. Um, well, yeah, I don't even know if I've ever seen it on a menu. I, I don't think I have either. It's, it's pretty much the center part of a beef tenderloin. But they sear a little bit, and they put this like mushroom cooked down mixture on the outside, wrap it up in a puff pastry, brush it with the egg wash, and then cook it. And then try not to overcook it or you'll get yelled at. <laughs> That's what I've learned about Beef Wellington. Um, some seafood bowls again. Yeah. Uh, I, some people, uh, one person did smoked wings, and they looked really good. Hey, I, I, you know I'm down with some wings. It don't matter. Um, ooh, I saw one picture of some pull-apart bread. You know the kind that's all cheesy and garlicky and with the pepperoni and the no the this sauce. Is, this was just like cheese and garlic okay. buttery pull apart bread some de- a lot of deviled eggs couple tri tips lots of barbecue really yeah that's good man lots of like folks still smoking and, yeah. still smoking in December and January somebody posted a big old case of Miller Light yeah. <laughs> is their picture and uh man that's a genius <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be many a gold tops ran during Christmas. And uh, some smoked cream cheese. That's a good one to do. I haven't we haven't smoked See, cream cheese in a while. That's you've really got. Good. So I, it's kind of two things. Like I think a lot. First off, holidays a lot. Christmas a lot of parties. Yeah, they so get a lot of the party type food, and that's where you're. Those are my favorite. Yeah, I think that's where you try tip and wings and smoked cream cheese and all that stuff comes in. But then you've got your family meal. And that's where the bigger things come in. That's like like I Christmas, could see, not, Christmas yeah, Eve, Christmas Day, right, kind of whatever. Right. That's where I can see doing your prime ribs and your pork loins. We, and there maybe was a lot brisket. of turkeys, too. Yeah. A lot of turkeys. We always had it, and it, it never was. For some reason, a smoked turkey is just never as good around Christmas as it is Thanksgiving. And and I don't want to see another one, so <laughs> not till next you year. You ready for so. the beef? Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a beef and pork. But I could get down with the lobster. I think I could do, you know, that's a really good, let's do uh surf like and turf time. for Christmas, yeah. Christmas surf and turf. That's a good idea. Now we always, uh, we do shrimp. We do a lot of like cocktail shrimp. Yeah, cocktail shrimp. We don't really, yeah, it's always the cold shrimp, it's something you could serve with the, you know, the cocktail sauce and the lemons or the, how do you say the minuet sauce? Mm-hmm. Minuet sauce or, so that's how I say it. I yeah. don't know how you say it. I ain't fancy enough to know how to pronounce that one. Um. I think this would be a great time for us to talk about blue plate really quickly. Yeah. If you're choosing blue plate, or if you're choosing mayonnaise this holiday season, make sure it's blue plate. Buy you at least a gallon, the big gallon. You're going to need it for all these recipes. <laughs> they sell it at Walmart. If you're gonna, yeah. If you're going to make deviled eggs, you got to have blue plate. If you're going to make that horseradish cream sauce, you got to have blue plate. What else are you going to serve it with? Uh, I put it in mac and cheese. It adds a little yeah. zip. A little t- a creaminess. Whenever you need a little extra zip and creaminess. Dips. Grab the blue plate. All the dips require some sort of mayonnaise. Real mayonnaise, quality since 1927. Does your New cold. best. Does your uh, cold spinach dip have? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, f- I figured, but. Are you talking about like oh, that? Oh, no. that. 
you know, you were the one that didn't have spinach that Tom made it for you. Was it last year? Yeah, you changed my life. It was so good. <laughs> That's one I it's forget. Crazy. That's a staple. I love that. You've got to have it. It's like a cup of mayonnaise, cup of uh, sour, sour cream, that vegetable mix packet. Nor vegetable yeah. dip mix. Spinach. And here's a little tip. If you're doing that cold spinach dip, put your spinach in the microwave. It kind of cooks it. It gives it a better texture, and it allows you to get more moisture off that spinach. Then you let it come to room temp before you mix it up? Yeah. And then I you know, squeeze it out really, really good. But it, I really think it improves the texture of the spinach to cook it in the microwave for two minutes or something. And and it gets all the oil. Skip. Extra. Skip the, the water, water chestnuts. Ch- water crestnuts. Is that what it's called? Water. Ch- water. Crestnuts, aren't it? They're tasteless. Crestnuts or chestnuts? <laughs> <laughs> Just skip them. Skip them. Don't and put then those green little onions. chalky things in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're chalky. They don't add nothing to <laughs> it. Just yeah. a weird texture. Like, what is that? <laughs> That's all it yeah. is. You don't need it. What are you serving it up with? Uh, Hawaiian bread. You think that's the number one roll of bread bought during the holidays? Probably. I know I couldn't find it at all at Thanksgiving. Like we were trying to, I was trying to buy something to make some leftover stuff with, and I could not find it anywhere. All it, sold out. And you know, like they used to sell you the tin that was just the big one massive roll. Ball, yeah, it was yeah, a ball. ball. <laughs> it was like a, ball, a bread bowl. Yeah. That's the one you would tear open and you'd put the dip inside it. I never liked that. Oh, I love that bread. Yeah, I like the bread, yeah. but I don't like having it inside oh, that bowl it. and everybody's having to tear at it. You got the chunks up to the side. No. no. It needs to stay in its no. own bowl. But it that does. bread was superior to the little rolls. Let me tell you how to eat the, the, the little vegetable spinach dip or okay. whatever it's called cold. You get you the little Hawaiian rolls and you tear it. You like open them up like you're going to butter it, except don't butter it. Just put you a big dollop of that spinach dip in it and you make these little spinach dip sandwiches. <laughs> That's that's good. A better way to eat it. And it's not bad with chips if you want to put eat it with chips. If you're eating with broccoli, man, (laughs) (laughs) don't come to my house for Christmas. Um, real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But last night you went on Greg Grampy and talked about Memphis and May. Yes, I did. It's it's a what? Okay, so here's 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 a question for you. This was Greg's poll question. Okay, which I saw that. The bigger, did he say bigger? It's the bigger story. Bigger story. Ongoing the, the, story within the, the barbecue. Memphis and May debacle, the Memphis and May affair, or the KCBS judging scoring scandal thing. Which one's the bigger story to you? I feel like the KCBS thing really showcases some holes in that system. And, and getting scored wrong is a big, big deal. So, yeah. You're going to go with that? I'm going to have to go with that one. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. They're both huge. Yeah. In the barbecue world, they're yes. both huge things, you know. Memphis and May has more of a... Local. It's more It's it's more of a, um, I guess, institutional issues they have. Uh, or I don't know what you call it. Yeah, I don't know what you it's call problems. it. It's problems. They got problems. Yeah. It's money problems. Mo' money, mo' problems, yeah. I think. That's what that amounts to. I just... Thought you played a politician a little too much talking about uh, yeah. the May instead of just saying. I was on the fence. You, you were on the fence a little bit. Hey. I'll tell you what I think. What do you think, <laughs> What do you So what do you think, Shell? Memphis and May treats the teams pretty crappy. We've cooked a lot of contests. We've cooked the Royal. We've cooked small contests. We've cooked big contests. Memphis and May treats the teams the absolute worst. 
to the point where it's like, hey, what are y'all going to do about people breaking in and stealing stuff? Oh, that's y'all problem. There was a Gestapo-like feeling here in the past few years. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like, been very They, pol- they start policing you. Yes. Pretty There's, hard. They. Mm. So do you think that comes from Memphis and May or it comes from the it's city? It's got to come from the top down. I don't know if it's uh, the city or the They're the ones that should, the, They're the ones that should stand up for the teams and yeah. do what's right for the teams first. Every because decision. they will find out without teams you don't have a contest. With every so. decision they made was more about money than anything. The, the teams were never taken into consideration. The logistics of the contest is horrible. The cost is astronomical. It's crazy. I was thinking that on the way to work today. How much money so we've been doing Memphis and May since 06. Mm-hmm. We did it in And this will probably make three. you and I both very sick if we were to totally this up. How much money we spent on that one contest for the past, what's that been, 17 years? 17, 18 so, years. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's one year they didn't have it because of COVID. And then they moved locations two years. So the rest of the time has been down to Tommy Park. How much money? Yeah, but the cost was still the same. The cost was still when the same. The, it wasn't any cheaper. Yeah. It wasn't any cheaper. Yeah. Um. I know how much we spent that very first year because I raised the money to get us in there. Yeah. It was like three grand, I think, is what we spent. We raised twenty five hundred dollars and we had five hundred to put. And it only escalated from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to add another zero to talk about what we've yeah. been spending the past couple of years, which is ridiculous. It is. Yeah. I I mean, I th- don't get me wrong. Something has to change with it. Mm-hmm. It was just you could see something was coming. Now I never would have guessed. That they were going to do another contest. Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah. And the same location. Kick kick Memphis and May out of one location, basically. Or make it to where they really, it's not feasible for them to do it there. And then have another contest. Yeah. It's a bold move. (laughs) It's a really bold move. I think that says a lot about the organization of Memphis and May. Yeah. I mean. And I've heard rumors of how bad that it was ran, I guess. But I don't know any details. Yeah. Purely speculation. Purely speculation. Would you cook the new contest? I don't know. I want to see. I want to know. Information I mean, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm not. I'm curious. I'm not saying I wouldn't cook it because, you know, I never know. But I want to see what the format's like. I want to see who's judging it. I want to see what it cost. I want to see what you're cooking. I mean, yeah. it could yeah. be a catfish contest. Who knows? It's right down the river. I just said, I guess they did say it's a barbecue fest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I want to see what the prize payout is. Yeah. You know, is it worth your while to cook that contest? Is it going to be more of a people's choice where they get the people involved and that's a big part of your score or something like that? Is it for a charity? I mean, there's a lot, I got a lot of questions on that one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of unknown for them to be having that contest here and, Five and a half months, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's a major contest. You can't really count this time before December, so they're going to be at January. It's going to be first week of January before they know it. With and I hope they're getting stuff in place right now because I mean, you're going that time that clock does not slow down. I just know I don't have any. Me personally, I don't have any loyalty to the Memphis MA contest. You're disgruntled. Very. Disgruntled. Doesn't wrong with being disgruntled. And you were not a fan of going to Tiger Lane. No. At all. Well, last year we were there. We had paid for a riverfront spot. 
Didn't get any money back. Yeah, didn't get any money back because they had to move it like last minute because of construction. You got a view of a fine city of Memphis dumpster. (laughs) That's exactly right. I paid (laughs) for, you know, a top level view and got a basement. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. We're not going to harp on that today. You're going to bum me out for the holidays, Shell. <laughs> I want to go into this with cheer and glee. But if you want to know, um, I thought Carrie Bringle's interview he did with Rempy was really good. It was really good. And I yeah. agreed with everything he said. So Carrie is a lot. He's been doing Memphis in May for a long, long time. When I think of, you know, one of the teams that's been around or a guy that's been around, he's one of them. Yeah. And I could see why. I didn't realize that he was there. It like had ties to some of the first contests, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised when he said that. I, mean, I just know he's been part of that. When I think of Memphis and May, I've known about him for a long time before I was even cooking them. You know, before we even got into competition barbecue, he, that peg leg team was around. So, um, but yeah, he had a lot of good points to say. So if y'all want to go back and listen to some of that, Greg's got get some really good discussion on it. Yeah, over Greg on the barbecue likes stirring the controversy. He will, he's got to dig to the root of it. So. And you like to walk the line. Uh, <laughs> got a Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. I might want to be mayor one day. You never know. I can't say too much, man. <laughs> so let's talk about giving hams as gifts. Is there a better Christmas gift from somebody that owns or likes to smoke than giving somebody a spiral glazed ham? Or somebody that doesn't. We didn't yeah. talk about hams as part of being an entree. I think at Christmas, I th- it's a Christmas ham. Yeah, it's there was a, a lot of ham. a lot of hams, yeah. a lot of hams, a lot of turkeys. Yeah. Those are kind of like primary of hams and turkeys are the most common. I don't want my boss to give me a ham for Christmas, but I'm hard. perfectly fine with a friend or a family member giving me a, a ham that they cooked. I guess if the boss can cook a good ham, it's different. <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> They're just giving you yeah. here. What's worse, get them actually having a ham and saying, "Here's your ham," you or know, take it home for or giving you a coupon to go get a ham at the store <laughs> that you got to use for the ham. You can't just go use it for some beer and some cigs. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first re- met Rochelle. One of the first Christmases I met her, we got in your car, and I don't know how long you've been riding this ham around, but I think your boss had given y'all all hams. And I was like, "What's up with this ham in the back floorboard?" <laughs> I, I want to say Andy took it and cooked it and ate it. I was like, that can't be good. I wouldn't try it. It was like, he tried to force it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm not doing that. I was like Seinfeld. He's trying to feed him that stuff. I, did. I was a little. You had to have rode that ham for 10 days. I'm guessing 10 days. Over under 10 days. Well, why would you give me a ham? I don't I was like know. 22. 22, 23 years old. Here's you a ham. So this I don't was, even know if my oven works, man. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> All right, thanks. I give it to you on a Friday. We probably ain't going home for three days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it ended up in the back seat. Yeah. Then I forgot about it. And it stayed another week. <laughs> I know this is fact. This is not I have not I caught you on the spot with that one, didn't I? You weren't expecting that story today. <laughs> I'm sure there were some families that were like, oh, great. Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm sure there are that I really appreciate it. Don't give your 22 employee, 22, 23-year-old yeah. employees. <laughs> give them cash. Not unless you're giving them like two grand to go buy an oven with or something. Yeah. Make sure they got, you know. Microwave it piece by piece. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember Andy hands. trying to feed you a bite of it. Like, <laughs> I'm good, man. <laughs> oh, it's good ham. I'm sure it is. There's just some food you can't take. 
But if you're giving it to friends and families, neighbors, it's really a great it's a gift. gift. It really is a great gift. Because, I mean, nobody wants candles or dish yeah. towels, you know. Give them a ham. I will say this. Uh, when you smoke a ham and give it to a gift, I recommend giving them some reheating instructions. I learned that the hard way. We gave my one of my aunts a ham for Christmas. What'd she do to it? She cooked the crap out of it. Oh, like it was a raw ham yeah. or something? Like it hadn't even been cooked the first time? She was like, it's good, but it was real, real dry. And I was like, what do you what? mean? <laughs> How could you dry it out? <laughs> I mean, it's easily, too. Put it in an oven on 350 for about four hours. <laughs> That's what she did. <laughs> yeah. That's an easy way. I mean, so here's the deal. This, the hams and the ones I'm talking about, the other ones you get at the grocery store are always fully cooked. It is hard. You've got to go look for an uncooked ham, yeah. un- uncured, uncooked ham. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go as far as say 98% of the time, that's a fully cooked ham that you're buying yeah. every single time. So all you really have to do is warm it up. And you're warming up serving temp, and you could probably eat it cold. Oh, you yeah. Know? There's, I mean, you, it's 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 perfectly fine. I've ate a piece of it, just taking it out of the pack, and you know, so a little trim piece falls out. Yeah. <laughs> Before I heat it up, I eat that piece cold. There's nothing wrong with it. It killed me. Like a hot dog. But, yeah. <laughs> but if you want to eat warm ham, you just need to warm it up. And most of the time, you put it in a roasted pan, stick it in the oven, something like that. It comes with a glaze pack. That's fine. But I like to do them double smoked. Which that's you know, these are smoked ham, so. Double smoked, I'm putting it back on a pit of some sorts, most of the time a pellet grill because it's easy. But they're really good on any kind of pit. You could do it at any 250 degrees on any pit you want. You just want to get some warmth on it, heat it through. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to take it back up to about 135. Most of the time, like I say, just because of safety, you got to get it to 140. That's recommended internal temperature. But if I know I'm giving this to somebody as a gift and they're going to reheat it again most of the time, I'm only going to take it to about 130, 135. But and what I, if they take it and they eat it right away? It is fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. You just So where you have to go is like you got to keep it. Once you heat it up, it either needs to be eaten then or cooled back down to below 40 within four hours. So that's just, and I mean. Service announcement, go take a food safety class. Don't listen to me. This is just my thoughts. And But this is what I would do. Yeah. This is what I would do. So you got a four-hour window from when you heat that ham up to put the double smoke on it and to glaze it like I do to get it what back cool. What do you glaze cool. it with? This, I mean, when I'm giving them as gifts, if I buy, it depends on which ham I buy. Some of them come with the nasty glaze pack. You've got to look on the directions. Like I found these hams that I was doing the video on, and I, that's probably the number one ham I like to buy if I can find it. It's a smoked Double glazed brown sugar ham. And it's got a purple wrapper. Yeah, it's a purple wrapper wrapper at Walmart. I think it's Members Mart brand. Walmart brand. Um, Those are really good. The the Aldi Appleton Farm ones are good, but I don't like their pack. Yeah, their pack sucks. It has way too much cinnamon and like it's almost like a cider spice or something. I don't like that one. But I like their hams. The ham's really good. And usually I'm looking for, you know, 10 to 12 pound ham, eight pounds okay too. Um, they're going to heat up in about three hours. You can glaze them that last hour with whatever you want. I've just used brown sugar, a little honey, a little orange juice before, or, you know, throw some Coke or Dr. Pepper in there with it. Whatever you want to make a glaze with is fine. Um, but that little pack, you just mix it up with a little juice, fruit juice. It says water, but I mix it with a little orange juice and just paint it on the outside during that last hour. And it's because that one's just, it's pretty much like turbinado sugar and brown sugar and probably some white sugar doesn't have a whole lot of spice to it. It makes a really good glaze on the outside. 
and that melts down, caramelizes a little bit. You take it off the pit. You let it cool down. How long do you typically let it cool down? I mean, it was cold outside the day we filmed those, yeah. so I let it sit there about 45 minutes, loosely tinted it with aluminum foil, and then we just kind of wrapped it up and put it in the gift bags and stuck them in the refrigerator, and they're chilled all the way back down. So they're perfectly fine. Now somebody could take it, and if they wanted it, when I give them to them, I assume they're going to use it pretty soon, yeah. within a few days. Well, Often the re- they'll eat it that night. Yeah, the reheating but, instructions, I'm like, your ham is good to go. Yeah. You can eat it right now, and we like to let it come up to room temperature and serve it that way. That's right. We're saying, yeah, exactly. But Cause if you want to heat it, here's the yeah. way you can heat it. Put it in the oven, so many minutes per pound. You know, it's not too hard. Just don't go 354 hours. Yeah. But th- that's where your instructions come in real handy because it gives somebody some guidance. But if you go, say, take a hunt, what's it, honey baked ham, mm-hmm. the fancy ham that everybody buys. Their instructions specifically say, eat it cold. If you want it warm, don't warm it whole. Warm it up a few slices at a time just until it gets to, you know, that 135, 140, you know, and eat it like that. Because if you go further, it's going to be dry, and dry ham is not good. But they recommend eating it cold as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's – I personally, I don't mind it cold, but if I'm eating it cold, it's for a sandwich. If I'm eating it with a meal, I want it warm, you know. If I'm you sitting do down, yeah, if we're going to have mac and what cheese if it's and vegetables and all that stuff, it's what okay. If it's not cold, but it's not warm. Yeah, I want the chill knocked off. Okay. Put it that way. It don't have to be piping hot. I just don't want it cold out of the refrigerator. To me, if I'm going to do that, I'm going straight sandwich. <laughs> Blue plate, plate, white bread, maybe some cheese. But it's good like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, I eat on it for. We've got, I've got a bag that we did for deer camp. It's still in the refrigerator and I'll eat a piece every day. Just straight out of the refrigerator. <laughs> How long will the ham last? I don't know. You double smoked it. <laughs> you double smoked it. At least seven days. You cut it least. off, put it in the bag. I don't know the recommended time frame. How, How long would you eat off of it? You cooked it. You put it in the refrigerator right away. Cut it up and put it in the refrigerator right away. If it makes it a week, I would still eat it. Okay. What do you mean make? Oh, if it survives. Yeah. 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 How's it going? I mean... But I don't really. Would you go a week and a half? It's salty. Got a lot of salt to it. <laughs> on the smoke. Cured. I probably would. I probably would. Two? Pushing it. <laughs> I can't imagine. See, so here's my thing. <laughs> Who's going in that handbag? How many hands are getting stuck off in there in two I always weeks? always think about that. <laughs> yeah. Like at home, it's one thing. Yeah, at home, deer it's camp? one thing. Yeah, deer camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too many hands in the cookie. Too many hands in the bag. I think about that with the chips, all kinds of stuff. That's why you like the individual <laughs> yeah. servings of stuff. Well, let's get the little bags of chips. I I just. But yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's a really, really good Christmas gift to give to people if you like to smoke. Um, it's inexpensive. Yeah. They value it a lot. It shows your time and your easy. love and it's easy and it's delicious. If someone was giving you a gift. Like a neighbor, you know, not like me. If somebody mm-hmm. random was giving you some sort of gift, what would you want to get? Well, I get a brisket from Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. You know. Is that bad? That's a heck of a gift. That's a heck of a gift. That means they really like me. They give me a brisket. I know where I stand. I love getting food for the gift, man. Yeah, yeah I do too. I oh, do no, too. I'm, man. Cheyenne always bakes for. That's her thing. She's yeah, a good yeah. baker, mm-hmm. so she makes like macaroons or 
little pecan cookies and oh, they're oh, delicious. You want me to tell you another number one that, that I want to get as a gift? What? Party mix or trash. That says I love you if you give somebody that. We'll talk about party mix next week. See, I had a, did you see my list? I did my list uh-uh. of stuff. Oh, I emailed it to you. Oh, okay. I didn't The things it. I wanted to talk about, about, you know, what's holidays to me kind of things, cooking-wise. And that was on there. And I had my drinks on there. And I had my favorite little, I don't even know if you call them, they're not appetizers, but. Kind of party foods. Yeah. I don't even call it sausage balls. That's the one time a year that I really think about. You know, oh, you need sausage balls. You need sausage balls. It's because they, and I like them for breakfast more than I do. I don't want to eat them at a party. I think some people bring them to parties all the time. And I don't, you know what? They're okay at room temp, but man, I really prefer them. So as they come out of that cast iron where they're still hot. To me, that is breakfast. I guess we turned you on to that. Your family did. Yeah. 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 And, but my family will put syrup on it. Like it's a pancake or something. I don't like that. so good. But doesn't that say Christmas to you? Oh, holidays, yeah. I guess. I actually haven't had any yet. I hadn't either. I thought y'all cooked some at deer camp the other day. Ah, those those don't count. <laughs> <laughs> those don't count. I thought they were good. They were good. Yeah. They've been in the freezer for I don't know how were, long. Were those the Jimmy Dean's one, Jimmy no, Dean ones? Uh, or Tennessee Pride? Yeah. Best country sausage the best you ever tried. We got to see if uh, Country Pleasing can make sausage balls. Oh, they're missing out. They would be. They've got the Fire. sausage package now. If you go down to Florence and you stop, what's not what's it called there? Country Beat Packer. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's the home of Country Pleasing Sausage. You can buy. I don't know if they have their sausage bulk sausage in the store yet. You brought one home and it was really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is the best. Sauce. It's like homemade. That little store is awesome down there. If nobody's, if you've ever been through there on Highway Forty Nine, just as soon as you run through the four way at Florence, it'll be on the left, right next to the, right past the igloo, Jerry's. <laughs> Those are two fine institutions of Florence, Mississippi. <laughs> if anything puts Florence on the map, it's got to be the Igloo, Jerry's Catfish, and then. What about Barry's Fish House right down the road? No, they try too hard with their big cross and their Andy Griffith stuff and all that. I mean, I'm all for it, but it's not as good as Jerry's. Mm-mm. I'll give third place to Donna's Fruit Stand. I don't know what number it is. <laughs> number six. <laughs> number six. <laughs> I ain't even seen one through five, but Donna's six is on point. <laughs> You get the peach ice cream in there and some boiled peanuts, the Cajun style, anything pickled you want. Tervis tumblers. Yeah, you can do all your Christmas shopping there. <laughs> Yard art. <laughs> I've got it all. <laughs> Have you ever been there, Tyler? No, I haven't. I haven't. Y'all go through 49 when you go to the coast? I'm not, Yeah, but I'm usually booking it because I got kids mm-hmm. in the back oh, seat. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, you're missing out, man. That's some Americana right there, Florence, <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> My hometown. You just cruise, hammer down through Richland, but when you get to Florence, you can check up. <laughs> <laughs> you better. They're usually running speed traps. Although they do have a Whataburger in Richland. That used to be super awesome because we didn't have one, you know, so yeah. we always stop at Whataburger on the way down there, but now it, whatever. We got yeah. to where we would stop on, was that County Line Road up there? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what For the Whataburger? No, that was yeah. on Front Street. No, that, no, we would not stop at that one. <laughs> We would not stop at that one. That's the one. You're right. You're right. It's it County Line Road. County Line Road. Yeah. yeah. So no other gifts other than, um, what would you recommend getting someone who is a barbecue guy? Oh, that's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you can just start rattling off yeah. knives. Flamethrower. Uh, <laughs> I always go flamethrower. <laughs> when in doubt, flamethrower. 
cutting nice board. flamethrower, aluminum full holder, gloves, uh, thermopins, shop vac for vacuuming out ashes. Oh, you need a shop vac. Yeah, ther- uh, thermometers, anything thermal works. So from thermopins to dots to the alarms to those are great. All yeah. that, yeah, um, yeah, it's all good stuff. Smokers, aprons, smokers, of course, <laughs> your supply charcoal. <laughs> Wacky brisket. From Wacky Kevin. brisket from Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a gift certificate from Kevin, so you can get whatever you want. Yeah, that's a good one. If just they're a- really into barbecue, probably like a spice rack, because like everybody, yeah. I feel like in our group has a problem with like where to put all the rubs and stuff, you know. But then where do you put the spice rack? That's my problem. I guess so. I guess you don't. I guess you don't know what their kitchen's like. So. Yeah. Like that's one thing we need at camp is. I mean, I've got a spice drawer, but it's all you know rubs and stuff. I don't have a place to keep my regular cooking spices yeah i was like man i gotta find me a good spice rack you have three cabinets <laughs> what you do you ha- mean you have the one cabinet where it's dedicated to spices then you have that other cabinet off to the side where you put your overflow spices then you kind of have the middle cabinet up top and then you have that one cabinet in the laundry room where you keep all you're talking about at home i'm talking about at camp. Oh, at camp yeah oh, okay sorry <laughs> oh at home i got a spice regular general spice cabinet and then i got Barbecue spices, and then I got overflow. Yeah. So I'm a yeah. man that likes his spices. <laughs> like it spicy. Yeah, but where would you put something? On the counter. I'm talking about the one that says oregano. Paprika. Oh. You know, and you yes. got the little jars or whatever. It's like the one you have at grandma's house or whatever. <laughs> you want one of those? I can get, yeah. I can or the little carousel. You know? I can make that happen. It's got the stuff you never use, like. I know. That's like it's a white elephant Tartar. gift. <laughs> <laughs> Tartar. <laughs> Marjoram. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> There's like three things you'd actually use in there. Yeah. There's more than that, but yeah. That's the way it goes. I would be fine just with multiples of the things that I need to use. Yeah. But you want one that's like lemon pepper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real spice. Yeah. Real mixtures. Onion powder. Garlic salt, stuff like that. Well, Malcolm, that's all I have for you today. All right. Well, um, Tyler, we got a con do we already talk about our contest we got going? Yeah, so bit. we got yeah. a contest coming up to a close on Monday, December eleventh. So make sure you guys get all your submissions in before then. Head on over to www.facebook.com forward slash group forward slash H2Q community. Join it. First of all, we only have one episode left, and then we're gonna the only time you'll see us is we'll be hanging out in the group over the they or Christmas holiday. So that's a great place to share all your recipes, talk, ask questions. If you have anything happen like Christmas Eve, something happened, we have a group of awesome people that can answer those questions if we can't get to it. So thank you. <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ right on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wait, Twitter, X, TikTok, X, sorry. <laughs> and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody hanging out with us today, and we'll be back to do it one more time in 23 next week. We'll see y'all later. We're gone.